We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking the 2022 draft dashboard and the lessons that I've learned from spending thousands of hours building it on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Dave Cabin, one of the owners at Rotoviz. I will be doing this podcast today solo. Uh, as we mentioned earlier in the week, Curtis and I had some scheduling conflicts this week. We're only able to get together to record one time, but that's fine because I have an episode that I've been wanting to do for some time that I think has a lot of substance to it, a lot of depth that makes sense for me to go into, and especially at this point in the year. So if you have not used it before or heard us talking about it on the site, the draft dashboard is essentially a drafting tool. Well, I shouldn't say essentially, it is a drafting tool that I have refined over the years um, for Rotoviz subscribers, for Rotoviz team members, really anybody doing a fantasy football draft because it's very fluid and flexible to have something that's going to help them stay organized while they're drafting, understand the pertinent information that's out there, and then make their decisions while they are navigating a draft. So, as you might imagine, there's a lot that goes into the logic behind setting that up. The tool also mock drafts for computer teams. And there's definitely some interesting takeaways from having gone through the process of making a program that will smartly build out teams for the computer and not just do it in some random way. There's elements of randomness naturally, uh, but to make the computer do in a way that makes sense and build teams the way that a real person, a real fantasy manager might go about doing that. So we're going to get into that some more. One piece of background I do want to share because this always comes up and is a question when people hear me talking about this for the first time. Draft Dashboard is an Excel-based tool currently. You have to either have it installed on your Mac, so you'd have like the desktop version of Excel on your Mac or on your PC. There's things that it does that you are unable to do if you try to use it Um in Excel online, or if you try to use in a Google sheet or another spreadsheet program. So if you're listening to this and you went to the site 
excited about that, but you don't have Excel, I want you to be aware that this is something that you would not be able to use then. Okay, with that out of the way, let's first talk about why this feels like the appropriate time to start talking about this. Well, I launched it last week. We are now starting to sign up for Football Guys Championships on the FFPC. And of course, the FFPC main event, which we talk about every year. Uh, we normally, between the team, break up into different groupings and pairings and go off and do a ton of these main event drafts, which are probably the funnest contest in the entire fantasy industry. A lot of money to be made in these drafts. A lot of money needs to go down to play in them. But as a result, you get to play in a very, very competitive league. Everybody knows what they're doing. It's the ultimate competition and it's a lot of fun for us to work through drafting these teams. From having had the pleasure now for a couple of years of drafting with a lot of the other team members on the site, I've picked up things along the way. We've all kind of informed each other's drafting strategies, and there's takeaways from that that I've slowly implemented into the draft dashboard, which I've now been building for so many years. I don't even remember when it started, but I think... At this point, we're probably beyond probably beyond seven years, maybe even longer. All right, but with that out of the way, let's get into the heart of today's episode. Okay, so high level, you're going to build a draft tool, something to help you and assist you in the endeavor of building a team while you're navigating a draft. There's a couple of things that you need to think about. And I think that these are things that apply to somebody just getting ready for a draft. The first thing is, what pieces of information are you going to want to have at your disposal during this draft? What are the things that are actually important that you should be looking at while you're trying to stay organized? Following up on that, how do you actually organize that information and display it? The third piece that plays into here is how do you account for the specifics of your league and the things that are going to arise in your draft? So essentially there, how are you reacting to what is occurring in your draft? Uh, give me one second here. I brewed up a triflex for this episode. That's how pumped up I was. If you're unfamiliar with the triflex, it is my... One of my go-to beverages, what you do, and these are just guidelines. You can play with these. But what you do is you get three ingredients. You get some freshly brewed coffee, some Coca-Cola, and some milk. You brew the coffee. You take one part of that, put it in a cup. Then you mix in. You let the coffee cool down so it's not piping hot. And then you put in some milk, one part milk, and you finish it off with a third part of Coca-Cola. You can play with those ratios. That's how I like it. Now tonight, we actually were out of regular milk at my house, but we did have some chocolate milk that's really good. So the Triflex I'm having right now is a chocolate Triflex. It is really good. I'm going to take one more sip. All right, back at it. So that's kind of the high level stuff that a drafter is going to do. Then as I mentioned, the other component that I have when I'm building this is making the computer do things that make sense in the context of the user settings for the league to actually build out those teams. 
So we're going to kind of just talk through these and I can give you a lot of the tidbits I've picked up and some of that drafting philosophy that we've honed over the years as a result of doing it. Now, one of the first lessons that I learned is that people want to have a ton of information. They want to, they think it's great when they can pull in every little stat you could possibly imagine, but that actually isn't a good thing to do because it's very distracting when you're trying to make a selection of who you're going to go. For starters, if you have all kinds of information, you're trying to think of which data points you should look at. That's distracting you from watching what the other people in your draft are doing. Um, You're probably going to be looking at data points that don't matter. You don't want that. And finally, you are probably going to spend more time looking and comparing things between players Um, in a way that doesn't benefit your team than you would just thinking about how the construction of your team is going. Uh, What are the players left in that draft in the certain tiers at the positions that you need looking like and considerations like that. And it's interesting because when you first get into using statistics and doing modeling and, and building models for anything, not just fantasy sports for anything that you're trying to build a model of, and you're doing it in like traditional kinds of mathematical statistical kind of ways. One of the things that you're going to find is though you might think that tossing a ton of stuff into a model that more is always going to be better. That very often doesn't end up being the case. You tend to overfit your model, meaning that then when you try to apply it on new data, it doesn't really work because it was too fit against the specifics of the data you were working with prior or you might have things that have collinearity and there might be raising some of the measures you would look at while you're building that model, but they're actually not making it a better model overall. Again, you might have some overfitting issues. Without getting too technical, the idea here is that more information is not always a good thing. And there's this struggle here in building this tool because users always want more, but I know that they want less. And I think that this also applies to just the general process that you would have when considering players for the coming year, you get so much information thrown at you. You know, you get the projections that are people, people have for players, their projections for their touchdowns, yards, target shares, you know, all stuff that we talk about, uh, stats from last year, a million things. And they're all kind of important in a way, but it's best if you can kind of boil that down into a couple of data points for a player not get distracted so much by that going back to the idea if you try to put too much into this model that you're building in your mind you might get completely caught off track especially because a lot of things get thrown around that don't actually correlate or aren't actually proven to be predictive of fantasy point scoring And the other thing, as I alluded to earlier, that gets lost in the shuffle of it's really important how you're building your team when you're going after certain positions, how you are allocating your roster within the positions in your league, how you're reacting to what the other players in your league are doing. That's one component. Uh, What I have always come back to is using tiers as a great way to draft because if you're using a tool like this, you can very quickly discern at each position, how many players are left in each tier. 
And that gives you a ton of useful information. So for example, what I can do when I have the tool do is it looks at the teams as they're being constructed and it knows how many players at each position that team has left to fill. So it knows how many starting running backs are left and then it can approximate by incorporating the number of flex positions that you or the number of flex roster spots that you have, how many running backs teams really need to get on their roster. And then it can look at the quality of players that are left in the specific tiers at running back in comparison to the tiers at the other position and figure out at that point in time how important it would be to go ahead and select a running back if that's what you want. There's a ton of steps along kind of that decision tree that the tool would take. A lot of a lot of math, multiplication, division, subtraction, what have you. Nothing too crazy that goes into calculating those numbers that would get you there. Um, but I think that's a pretty important take. So if you're not drafting with something like a, a tool like this, how do you do it? It really comes back to just thinking about high level, what the quality of the different positions looks like. So if you're thinking largely probably about running back and wide receiver, you're thinking, all right, does it look like a lot of teams still need running backs? If I actually look at running backs, are there even any good players left that I need to care about? How much of a difference is there in the tier breaks of those players left are there important players still left at wide receiver many players left in the tier in comparison to what teams need now i'm not sure if that's without a visual a useful explanation but i think that's the way you can contextually frame it in your mind um and kind of approximate something like you would get if you're actually doing math with numbers behind it we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So that's one piece of things. The other thing that's pretty key and it plays into that 
is actually tracking the rosters of the teams that are in your league, understanding what they have selected, and then also understanding, especially the three or four teams around you and how they're operating. Because that can be very important when you have back-to-back picks. Maybe you're up uh, in round seven, and then there's going to be a gap of eight picks till you're up in round eight. And knowing what those intervening teams can do or might do is very important. So like in this screen that I have for the tool, what I ended up with over time is you have something. It's going to let you quickly review your roster. You can look at other teams' rosters. You're going to have a quick view of the upcoming ADP by each position. So you can get a sense of the type of players that are likely to go in the upcoming picks. You have that breakdown by tiers. You have a list of available players with different pieces of information that you can have. I have it set up so you're only really looking at three pieces. You can sort that on tier ADP. So that's that's something you're not normally going to have in your drafting software. And then you're going to have this team position breakdown that's going to show you a number of players selected by each team at each position. Then this factors into some of the things like a weighted scarcity, kind of like what we talked about. That looks at in your league, given what teams have selected, how scarce is each position getting? And then you can use that scarcity in relation to positional preferences that you set to then say, for your specific team, which position do you need to go after? So this is a very long way of saying the things that really matter in your draft, in my opinion, and I think a lot of the folks at the site would say, most important things really are understanding the quality of players left at each position, the way that teams are being built in that league, and how you react given your preferences. So let me add a little bit more context to that. I am going to have the tool make a ton of draft picks right now concurrently. And one cool thing that I added in this year, uh, it's funny how when you step away from something for a while and you come back, things can be some come so clear. I was having an issue last year where I was trying to get the tool to just cycle through all of the picks up until the user's team was up. And I had something that was just causing a glitch in that every once in a while. So I had to cut it out. And then when I went back to it this year, it was so obvious to me what was going wrong. So that's fixed. So anyway, let's say that we're a team and we're on the clock and wide receivers are important to us. And we know that there's one wide, we need a wide receiver and there's one wide receiver remaining in tier five. And if you look at running back, there's three running backs left in tier six. You're going to want to go with that wide receiver. Alternatively, if wide receivers aren't that important to you and you need a running back, there's three left in tier six. The tool is showing you that there's still a number of teams that need running back. Well, then maybe it does make sense for you to, to go towards running back there. Even if you needed a wide receiver for going that one wide receiver in tier five. Um, these are things that you get with practice. All right. So that's one piece of the equation. Now let's, let's think about this. If you're trying to build a tool that will draft teams for the computer, how do you do that? How would you even start that? Well, the first thing you need to think about 
is the number of spots, the number of roster spots that each team would have. Then you need to get a rough idea of how it could allocate those spots. Um, that's pretty straightforward. Where it gets a little bit more complex is the fact that every team is going to have different preferences and different things that they're trying to achieve in that draft. So this comes from having a number of profiles, um, different type of drafting philosophies. For example, you can have some teams that are balanced, meaning that they're, if you think about it like this, if they had 100, 100 points, how many points they're allocating to each position? A balanced team is going to be pretty flat. Um, if you were in a league that just had quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, you didn't have kicker and DST, you know, you'd have 25 points going to each position. You might have teams that are heavy on running back, so maybe they have 55 of those 100 points going towards running back. So then on each pick, and this really factors into what we've talked about already, at each pick... One way that you would get the computer to make those picks is to look at the roster that they currently have and see if they have any players selected already at that position that's most important to them. And then they're going to go out and they're going to look and they're going to see have a lot of other teams drafted that position. Do a lot of other teams still need to fill that position? What does the supply of players look like? Are they still quality players? Is it scarce? If it is, then they probably know that they need to go if they want the quality players at that point in the draft, and they do it. They go for it. Or maybe they're really into, they're very heavily set on wide receiver. Um, but, and this is one of the things that I think is important because it's kind of getting the idea of, you know, we could talk a lot about drafting zero running back teams. And then if we were to draft a team where all of a sudden in round two, we drafted a running back, you get this, and then you go back to wide receiver. There's this question of, was that really a zero running back team? I would say it doesn't really matter. What happens is sometimes in the context of whatever you're doing for a team, an opportunity or a situation arises where it makes sense to pivot off of this preconceived plan that you might have had. So, for example, if you realize that with the way your draft is working out, there's probably enough wide receivers of a decent quality for you that are going to be there in your upcoming picks, but there's one running back left in tier two and you've already maybe seen some of the tier three running backs. People start selecting because our tiers, your tiers might be different than other drafters in your drafts. So you can have situations like that. And then you have this player hanging out there that a is a value B is extremely scarce and C could augment your team while still letting you get your desired approach it would make sense to go after them. So these are the type of things that you tell the tool or you teach the tool to look at while it's drafting. Long and the short of it here, and I'm sure that there's probably a lot of questions that would come off of that, so I don't know if it would have had somebody here to ask me about those, but maybe the mechanics of how you make that work. The long and the short of it really is when you're in your draft, you're thinking about how you're allocating across positions when you're going after those positions and a lot of that you're doing by keeping track of the key points in your draft what are the available players like 
in each position, how many players do we have left in each tier? You can approximate that in your mind. And what have the teams around me done? That's a very simple way of thinking about it, but I would venture to guess that's probably pretty close to how most people are actually working through their draft. Or if they're not taking that approach, really what they're doing is they're just looking at the available players list and thinking about players that they like and that they think are good. Um, and of course, ADP is going to factor into all of this because the thing that one of the things the tool will do is once it starts to get a sense of which position that team's probably going to lean, um, ADP is kind of driving the probability that it will select certain players. So I hope that's kind of helpful. I'm not sure if that's too technical, but I think that should give you ideas as you're actually making your picks if you're not going to go with a scripted approach about when you kind of break your pre-scripted approach or that loose outline that you might have had heading into your draft. Um, so with that behind us, what I actually want to do now is actually start to draft a team doing it by setting up the settings. Because a question that I do get a lot of the time is, Let's say I were to only draft one team this year. How should I do that? Well, I would say that there's two approaches. One would be you just take all of those players that you're really keen on that year that you're really high on. And you don't worry about much else than that. Maybe there's three approaches. The third approach, you use some type of anti-fragile approach like zero running back. And you just kind of follow that guideline. But the third piece, and I think this is really what people mean when they ask the question, is how do you go about thinking about the specifics of your league to draft a team that's probably going to give you pretty good chances of winning while still getting some of those players that you like while having flexibility? So the first thing you would do is you think about the breakdown of your roster. So let's do this draft in a league that has starts one quarterback, two running backs, it starts two wide receivers, one tight end, and then one flex. And just thinking about the flex component here in relation to the other positions is super critical. And it really informs a lot of the decisions that the tool is going to make. And this goes back to what we talk about with winning the flex. In fantasy football... If you have a flex spot that allows you to include an extra, if you will, running back, wide receiver, tight end, that really can shift things. It changes the way that positions are allocated. It changes the way that people are, that, that players are likely to go off of the board. Um, there's a ton of ramifications of it. And a common mistake that people make when they first start playing is they don't view the flex as an equal position to the others on their roster. They think about it as being something ancillary that you fill in after you have your starting quarterback, starting running back, starting wide receiver, starting tight end. I'm sure those of you listening are well beyond that. But I just want to stress how important it is as you start to conceptualize what you're going to do in your draft. So like in a league like this, those are pretty small rosters but if we said that all of a sudden 
you had one quarterback, uh, two starting running backs, two starting wide receivers, one starting tight end, and then three flex spots that could be a running back, a wide receiver, tight end. That should start to shift things in your mind. And the reason for that is you know that more wide receivers are going to get selected. So the way that the supply and demand moves throughout the draft is going to be a little bit different. But there's also now different ways that you can build your team. Um, if you want to go very aggressively building heavy on one position, you have an easier way to do that. Um, if you want to, based upon the scoring, jam a ton of a certain type of player in there, you have the ability to get more of those players on your roster. So let's do it this way. Let's let's do two running back, two wide receiver, two flexes, one tight end, one quarterback. Let's just say that our, our preferences are fairly flat. So if we were spreading those 100 points. Let's say maybe we go 15 to quarterback, uh, 20 to tight end. Let's put 30 to uh, running back. And then in this case, 40 to wide receiver. With the, or 35 to wide receiver with the reason wide receivers getting more of an allocation here is because there are more wide receivers that you're actually going to be interested in playing in your starting lineup in a flex spot likely than you would running backs. Let's pretend that this league has kind of a mixed approach, put in some number that randomizes things here. And uh, let's say that we're team team six. All right. We clear things away. So the first couple of picks come up. And when we are on the board, you've seen Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, Austin Eckler go. If we're looking at the tiers, immediately we see that there's one wide receiver left that's in tier one. Given that we're trying to build around wide receivers, we're probably going to start to think about it. Now, in this case, it happens to be Jamar Chase. Uh, Travis Kelsey is still there. Um, you also have at running back guys like Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, Saquon Barkley. Knowing that we're trying to play a lot of wide receivers, it's our preference. We would go here with Chase. Now, I think in the early rounds, like one, two, three, this isn't as important of an exercise, but let's make that pick. We're going to mock back around until our team is up again. And at this point, players by ADP look like Debo, Lamb, Aaron Jones, Mark Andrews, Fournette, Allen, Barkley, Evans, Allen, Brown, James Connors, Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery, T. Higgins. We have our, we have our wide receiver. Um... Where would we go now? Well, we could look, and again, you can see that running back is already a tier down. Wide receivers are still a pretty good quality. Tight ends are a decent quality. How do you think about the trade-off here between going for a running back and going for a wide receiver? Well, one way would be you look at the rosters around you in this draft right now. There are still approximately 18 starters left at wide receiver, just about 13 at running back. Which one is more scarce? Well, if we look, 
Uh, you would have six wide receivers between tier two and tier three. That's a third of 18. You have three running backs, 13 starters left. Um, now three going into 13 is less than a fourth. How do you account for your preferences now? Well, you think about what those players are behind like that. What's the difference between a running back in tier three versus a running back in tier four? And a way that that uh, might break down would be in tier three. And sorry, I might be jumping all, all over the place here. And I know that this feels like it's not a fast process, but when you're actually doing your mind, I think it's quicker. So you're looking at the difference between somebody like J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers, or maybe Saquon Barkley and Brees Hall. What you would be foregoing here with your pick at wide receiver is likely foregoing somebody like Higgins, Samuel, or Lamb, and then maybe getting forced into ending up with somebody a little bit more like DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, Jerry Judy. Um, when you start to understand, too, who the players are in these tiers then you might realize here like you would rather have that anchoring in wide receiver um, again to have two solid wide receiver picks then follow up with the running back. If you've drafted a lot, this might not be anything new for you. If you're new to drafting, you want to get away from just going after the best player available or anything like that. That's how I would start to think about this. So, the tool is out there. You can use it. I think it will reinforce a lot of those principles. But I think, like I said earlier, just getting the context of some of the things I had to think about while I went through and built this uh, helped me become a better drafter. They helped me understand that psychology of what other teams might be doing and helped me focus on really what actually was important when you're going through and you're building out your team the type of decisions that can matter and help you put together a more competitive, well-rounded team in a structured way than just simply kind of willy-nilly meandering through the draft. All right. Curtis and I will be back next week. I have two asks from you. The first is please go out, leave us a review, uh, be it if it's on the general RV radio feed or on the specific Rotoviz Fantasy podcast feed. That would be very great. We don't have too many reviews on there. Uh, I hate to ask for it, but the reviews kind of do matter in helping to continue to get the show out there. Uh, that's my first ask. But my next ask is I would love it if you could either send us a question on Twitter via email rvffshow at gmail.com or give us a call and leave us a voicemail at the number that will come in after I sign off here and the, the uh, outro music and the outro message plays. Cause I don't really remember the number cause I had recorded that a while back and I've not said it much since give that a shot though, because I actually need to ensure that those lines are working. I got a message the other day that there made me think um, from the provider that we had an issue going on there. So I'd love to, to make sure that that is not the case. But give us, send in some questions. Maybe there's an offshoot to what we talked about here. Maybe you have a player-specific question, some high-level strategy type of question. Doesn't matter what it is. We would love to hear from you. Uh, I hope that everybody has a great weekend, is really starting to get ready for this coming fantasy football season, getting fired up, 
It's July 21st as I record this. It's going to be here before we know it. Hope to have you with us the rest of the summer, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 